Welcome, everybody, to an episode of Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here, as always, with my brother, Jordan. Yes, sir. And we are doing Expanse, Season 2, Episodes 4 through 6, and now now the the tumble has begun, right? Like, now at this point, <laughs> I think, if you don't like Expanse, you're not going to like it after this section, I would, I would say. Um, having said yep. that, if you don't like Expanse after these episodes... What's wrong with you? Oh, no, yeah. um, if I agree. you don't like it, I get it. But um, it's not not everything is for everybody. But uh, God, man. I like the science, man. The science is cool because it, it really shows when it comes to like things that are more science fiction-y in the show, they still kind of hold back and make it more like you can understand it easy, even as somebody that's not super into all that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that, and man, I cannot get enough of um, just the space battles. Man, the space battle, like the well, we'll get to it in a second. <laughs> the battle over Ganymede Station that was just next level beauty, and it wasn't uh, for what it's worth. It's not like the typical uh, Star Wars, you know, like lots of colors and you know fighter crafts and all that to be honest that is more epic like i'm not gonna lie to you right i do enjoy that more but this being relatively close scientifically speaking it it makes it feel like oh man this this could be you know yes yes i mean the like when i started watching season four right at the beginning i knew things were about to get interesting because she's talking to Cotier uh courtier yeah and we already kind of knew that miller wanted to crash, crash a godly ship into a station like these yeah. poor people they're like hey i just want to go maybe go off into space and die yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like no nah, you're gonna die this way but obviously they got him off the ship um <clears throat> so what do you think of courtier what do you mean like, what are your thoughts on him so far? Like, I, and like we know that he's a spy, brought in kind of strong armed, so to speak. By no, nah, he's a double. He's a double of double. He's got to be something that we. There's something wrong with him. You think I don't he know. Serves someone other than Alessarella. Maybe the undersecretary. Is, am I right on that one? Is that the right terminology? Um. Yeah. It, it's the the titles are a little weird. Undersecretary is Aaron Wright, I think, and then yep. I forget what Alessarella is like. You think part of the Senate Senate or something? She's Secretary General, I think. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know, it maybe not even. Maybe it's the Mao. Maybe it's Mr. Mao. You know what I mean? Maybe he's. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Under Secretary General. She's the Under Secretary General. And then. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I think you're right, dude. Yeah. The terminology is hard to follow sometimes on their position because you bounce back and forth. I agree. I think. But yeah, so she she is under Aaron Wright. But yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. What were you going to say about her, though? Uh, what? <laughs> we were talking about Courtier. And then oh, yeah. So it's either he's double agent for the Mao man. Mr. Oh, Mao, okay. or Undersecretary, so, or the, yes, and it, it's interesting because, like, that could be a possibility, or 
or he's serving a higher purpose for somebody else or something else. Maybe there's maybe there's somebody like a benefactor in the back fighting for the good or something like that. Like those are the three options I can see in front of us. But the good one is always probably at the bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know uh, what like much to think about him, to be honest with you. Like he, I agree with you that he just, because he, and he, and I think that that's like good character work from a direction pers- uh, like perspective, right? That you as the audience, that he's a spy and you also don't really know much about him. You're like trying to piece together his um, agenda. If he's really working for who he claims he's working for. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. But, I mean, other than that, I haven't really gave him much thought other than, like, almost like a like a skipper to the captain or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. besides that, it's, it's not something I gave much thought to. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm rolling right into the next scene. I'm, I'm kind of looking for Holden and Miller and, like, the Earth stuff, I, that's, you know, that obviously plays a huge role. Because there's a lot of backstory there between Mao and the protogen and uh, protogen and the proto molecule, all that stuff, obviously. But I'm looking for the people on the front line right now, like in the action. Like that's when I'm gonna get the. Because I mean, right now it's a lot of chit chat, and she's playing a lot of politics. I mean, she is politicking the heck out of it right now. Oh yeah. yeah. But I mean, what is her her is her goal for the greater good, or is to get Aaron Wright's position. Um or get back at him for what he did. I guess we shall see, right? Right, 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 right. I don't have I ever had a prediction work out? Uh <laughs> that's actually a good question. You did. I do remember you did. Um and I think it was actually for was it season one? can't remember exactly which one it was but i think it, you did have a prediction workout it's easier when there's like swords and bows and arrows and flinging coins i can make a prediction then but i don't know sci-fi you know what i'm saying i agree but yeah it's, i mean this episode this first episode home is based around them going on to the um arrow station to blow it up with bombs so like yep. They have nukes in, like, cylinder form, obviously, and they got a card of them. Now, who I, – I didn't understand the people that they just blew up with the missile. Were those actual scientists trying to get back to the protomolecule? Uh, yeah, okay, so <clears throat> this was a little actually, fuzzy there. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I remember seeing that the first time. I'm like, I'm – and then it kind of doesn't really come back up, so to speak, like explicitly. But it's more, to my understanding, as a way of like showcasing Holden's character. Uh, in the sense, because he got so upset about having to, yeah, like he play the Reaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, like he does not like we we know the kind of guy that Holden is. Right, like he, um, noble log. Yeah, he logged a distress call against direct orders. Right. And I mean, it ended up costing the lives of his entire crew and kind of catapulted the entire system into a 
galactic global war but i mean well i mean you know apples and oranges what yeah i mean but you know he does what he believes to be the right thing so here he is uh there are doctors right right they are okay so they are the doctors but they never really explain themselves because they just go back and forth the entire time yeah and then but the thing is that like they there's no you can't risk it right um they're doctors, but we do see that there were scientists like investigating. What is it, aerostation? Yeah, because he walks in on him and he's a dead one. Yeah. Uh, well, What's no, the... no, no. Do you remember Jules Pierre Mao's uh, that team of scientists in aerostation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he's seen like you know actual <coughs> scientists that are like they're just not really there for the benefit of helping right. other people. So he doesn't he he can't trust them just for their face value, right? Because weren't and, they like wasn't something messed up with their brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are different scientists, though. But I, uh, I mean, like you know, and then also, whenever he arms a missile at them, they start to get to the other side of the asteroid so that they can call for help. Which, you know, because then they're jamming, they want to be jammed any longer. You know what I mean? What? So when he, uh, those doctors, right? They want to come in and help. Right. So. They're on a ship, and Holden's got a missile pointed at them, and he right. says, you need to stay right there. We're going to board you. Because they're pretending to be Martian vessels. And, uh, but then that, uh, you know, first aid ship or science ship, whatever, however it is that they kind of, you know, claim themselves to be, they started to drift on the, on, to the other side of the asteroid because they knew that their jamming would not work. Holden's right, because their, their, their systems won't work, so they have to move. <laughs> Yeah. And so then, like, they couldn't move in time. So they said, okay, you got last chance. And then, you know, they still didn't, you know, see. Right. And they, so the, so the, the whole situation was just showing that Captain Holden's freaking his character developed for Holden because he, you know, you see him get upset because he didn't want to hurt them. He really didn't. Yep. But he had to. It was a tough decision. Super tough. Yeah, so th this was, uh, and you know, and they could be infected, right? Right. And then that carries it on. If I mean, if that got to Earth, like that's that's done. Game over, right? I mean, that's done. Uh, yeah, You're right. I mean, not just Earth. It could have been freaking Phoebe Station. It could have been Mars itself too. You know, like th those are significant, high, highly populated uh, stations. Eros, to be honest, was actually highly populated as well. It was I think uh, into a million, million people. Um, Dang. yeah, so that, uh, so it was one of those situations. I think it wasn't so much like that the people on there were so important to the story itself, but this was more of a character arc moment for Holden. Right. But, but I do agree when I watched this the first time, it not really coming back up explicitly as far as the story, the plot line goes, it was, um, a bit jarring. Yeah. But I agree. But he, you know, it, because most of this episode is watching the Holden Miller duo and their crew with Naomi, right? And, you know, Miller at the end is just going to sit there. Yeah. Just, just has to constantly there. reset the, uh, reset the bomb. Right. And he sees the Navajo miss. What is that all about? The Navu. Navu, not the Navajo. The Navu. <laughs> He's yes. a miss. Okay. Oh, okay. So the Navu doesn't miss. The arrow station moved. Moved. That's okay. So this is um, 
And the reason for uh, that this is such a big deal for those listening is that in physics, especially in space, when an object is just moving in one direction, it will continue to move in that direction until there's a force that, you know, changes it, changes it. Yeah. So that could be this object hitting another object or, you know, a thruster being put on that object and pushing it into a different direction. Mm -hmm. But that nothing of the sort happened to arrows and it, it literally just changed direction. Which means that because because the protomolecule is on there, it has to do something with the protomolecule. Yes. So <clears throat> I that was easy. I, so I know that that's like physics wise that that's like whoa, this is crazy, and it is crazy. But when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, but you know, all things considered, sci-fi wise, that's not the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, they were talking about a protomolecule move a station. No, no, no. But like uh, an asteroid just changing course i mean yeah i mean if you would have to think if it's moving the same direction even like wouldn't you think even the slightest push would kick it out of its course i mean obviously it's got to be a big enough push but in retrospect to the object no no no. i agree that like realistically speaking that this is a huge deal and yes it breaks like several laws of physics well at least one law of physics um but maybe um i don't you know, like, I'm just saying, like, all things considered, I think the Death Star destroying, um, was it Alderaan? Yeah, Alderaan was a bigger deal, I think. But that's more because of the wow factor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, and then again, though, like, it, it wouldn't be a sci-fi if they didn't add in a little some of that, oh, okay. All right. Oh, I agree. I, um, <clears throat> so, what do you think that is? Was uh, do you think Arrow? What do you think the Protomaku was doing on Eros when it dodged the Navu? I mean, it had to have been operating some of the systems somehow. Yeah, it had to like, have been operating something like maybe emergency thrusters. Maybe she they just kicked them so on and moved. That's what I don't understand either about Eros. To my understanding, it's like a a station that was drilled into an asteroid, essentially. So, but was there thrusters on that thing? I mean, and I remember seeing that the first couple of times, like even on rewatches, I I look out for that. I never. Wouldn't you think that it would? Because it eventually needs to change course because it might run into something important <laughs> if it's going one direction. Well, to my understanding, it's just it's an oh, I guess it might need thrusters just in case the station didn't move. Like, hmm, yeah, you yeah. could be right. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But yet, I mean, this 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 episode, Godspeed. I mean, good pun. Um, it just kind of showed like there was good character development for Miller. He he was like atoning for his sins almost. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, question for you: What sin would that be? Taking another life. You're talking about when he shot that scientist? I mean, yeah. Eye for an eye. That's how life works. You never really get away with anything. Okay. Eventually something catches up to you, whether it's your mind or maybe even something else happening to you physically. Mm -hmm. I mean, it eventually catches up with you. And then I'm assuming in the past episodes he hasn't had the best experiences. if 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 you run this line of logic right, 
Holden's got something coming to him too, right? Because he just you would think, yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, so by this line of logic, though, does that extend to people like Holden, who was saying like, you know, if this infects the entire Earth, so in a if way, he has plot he... armor, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But but then again, like, yeah, maybe we don't see it happen. And I'm not saying it has to happen right away. Maybe we don't see it happen for six seasons, five seasons. But yeah. I don't think he's going to make it to everything. There's no way. Okay. Holden, will, Holden will go. Holden I mean, go. Uh, what's his name? Ramus? Amos? Amos. Why can't I say Ramus? Amos. Amos is going to go. That dude's gone. That dude's long gone. <laughs> And he's gonna like it too. He's gonna die he's liking gonna it. Like it too. Oh my god. Okay. I I, a lot of these predictions are most likely wrong, but that's the way I see it. Okay. No. 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 I, I like it. Uh. So, I I loved the absolute crap storm that happens after you know this particular moment, right? Now, Earth. And I'm assuming Mars. They're monitoring the situation very closely as well. Unfortunately, talking about next episode, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and home. And that's the name of the episode, by the way. Yep. Um, and I, I, I would love to see Mars like perspective, like their politicians just going absolutely berserk trying right. to figure out what just happened because the, we see the earth ones are as well. Right. Yeah. All those um, people sitting at that round table and that everybody's saying this and that and going back and forth. Like at that moment, why? I mean, what is going through their heads? It's like, well, we're about to die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, what did they say? Like, Eros is like 10 times larger than the one that hit the, killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. That's kind of insane. <laughs> That's yeah. so big. And, you know, it housed a million people. And uh, they didn't even use the entire, you know, subsurface of the asteroids. So, the, right. Eros but that is a massive rock. I mean, they also got a put into the equation oh geez the equation that you know it's an asteroid but they drilled it out and they put more stuff in into there yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's not just a regular asteroid calculation they have to calculate the weight of the rest of that stuff and whether that means anything in the long run i don't know the bodies exactly <laughs> but we will soon see that something is yes yeah, it, yeah, it ends up going a different way, but um, I, I I did think it was funny though. That their solution was, let's nuke it. Yeah, um, I, and how many nukes, dude? I think how many like nukes? Nukes, right? Something like that. I don't know. I just remember seeing like all the missile lines in space. Like they showed it like firing off into space. Yep. There we go. Hold on, I might be able to find. Uh... I, know, I had a picture of it earlier because I was like watching some of the episode on my computer, but now I lost it. Duh. Um, but that's crazy. Like, what is the payload on those nukes? Because obviously, when the future, it's not a hundred megatons. It's got to be way more than that. Like, is it megatons they me measured in? I think megatons of dynamite or something like that. Yeah, I tell them per nuke. Yeah. Yeah, it's measured in. Yeah, it's measured in dynamites, megatons. Yep. Yeah, so, like, what do they have now? It's got to be more than 100. Is it 1,000? Yeah. Like, what's the payload on those boys? I have no idea. Jeez. And I like to watch that go off. What, what's crazy is that when they fire the nukes at these, yeah, uh, at, at Eros, 
it disappears from radar. Yeah. So again, I'm just gonna say it. The molecule is popping off. Yeah, yeah. The molecules is changing the very laws of physics, essentially. Well, because um, well, that's the physics that they know. Right. But okay. So here's my question: Is it is it a newer understanding of the laws of physics, or is it just a protein molecule has so much energy that it's still obeying the same laws of physics? It's just, you know, because again, we like. An asteroid can keep moving in one direction unless there's another force acting upon it. So it could be another force is acting upon it. It's just that force happens to be the core molecule. Or in this case, radar itself is like, you know, bouncing off and radar still works. It's just it's the core molecule is absorbing the radar like waves and not letting it bounce back. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that being correct, but I, I, I think, because didn't they say it was something that was not of this era, like galaxy? Didn't yeah, they say it was yeah, out of, so, yeah, out so of. you would think that obviously we only know what we can see, measure, and what's within our reach, so what if something outside of our reach obviously doesn't follow the science we know, but the true science of the universe? No, no, I agree that it... it... It could be one of those two things, right? I could, I could, you know, actually, I think it could also possibly be a combination of them. Uh, right. Even, even more. But maybe it's, maybe it's not the, maybe it's not the, the laws of physics, but maybe it's like a biology thing. It's not so much a, you know, maybe it has to do, but see, it's crazy. I don't know if it's connecting you to the universe or something. Yeah. Who knows? Man, I cannot wait for you to get through this. Um, yeah, so they lose track, and then Fred Johnson says, like, all right, you don't have radar, but the Rasenate is right there, so they can right. guide it with, I think, a laser? Yeah, it's like a laser-designating system that they use for uh, rocket-powered, well, use it for, like... Laser, I taking... mean, essentially, it's laser-guided nuke, right? Um, yes, yes. So yes, yes. at which point Avasarala vouching for Fred Johnson. More so said older, okay. I guess than Fred Johnson. Which okay, so like we I, I love this because it the show does not hold hands, right? Um right. and I love that a lot, a lot, a lot about this uh show. Because a lot of people can be just looking at this like, yeah, obviously just give him the give holding the control. But for the entire system at large it's kind of debatable whether or not Holden's a hero. Right? At first, he comes out and says, oh, the Martians attacked us at the Canterbury. Then later, he's saying, oh, no, sorry, that's not true. Well, he's flip-flopped a lot. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on, on how understanding it is, how yeah. understanding these people are. Exactly. And so when you're the Earth, you're like, all right, well, and now with Earth, they have an even deeper distrust for him because he's... Uh, uh, dishonorably discharged from the military. Right. So right. it's like there's not a lot of uh, goodwill to go off of here. Right. It doesn't have a good record. <laughs> not at all. And so, yeah, I just, um, I really enjoyed this aspect of it that, you know, from, and I think this, this is, uh, again, not something new that no one's ever done this, but I do like it when shows or just books or series in general take account for different perspectives. That, like, the Earth is not being stupid or 
uh, being short-sighted. They just don't know if they can trust Holden because he essentially almost thrust the uh, system into a war. The war, for, yep. For when he didn't have all the facts. He didn't, and he kind of jumped the gun. So, yeah, I understand that because, you know, it. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of goodwill behind him, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So so that brings us into this next bit of it's like almost like a next like arcish or so. Miller's in the ship with the proto molecule. What's going on? Like why I don't understand why he gets to survive the proto molecule. You're talking about Miller? Miller, sign on hold. Miller. Yeah, so I don't um well remember he's not actually made contact with the uh proto molecule yet. He still has that suit. So the suit blocks that proto molecule. I just find that hard to believe. Um, just the way they've described the proto molecule so far. I think so far, from what we've seen, the proto molecule only infects people that have actually made contact, either through air. In or contact. Just, yeah. Oh. Julie Mao, remember, she made contact in person. She didn't have the suit on when she was on the Anubis. Yep. And. Trying to think of anybody else, but yeah, I just want everyone else I can think of had uh, contact, um, which is crazy. Yeah, and and you get to see Julie Mao again. Yeah. So what yes. is this? Is oh, this her God. real person? Okay, so this took me a little bit to understand, but and I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say it because I don't think it's in my opinion a spoiler. So it, it's more of an explanation. Um, he's. It's, uh, she's essentially bonded with the proto molecule, and they've kind of become one. So the proto molecule still has its own like thinking, and she has her own thinking, and it kind of merged into one. It's her memories and her fears along with it. Huh. It was like a con- it's two consciousness sharing one body, and kind of like like Goku and Vegeta when they fuse. So it's like that almost. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. And the way that I, um, she wants to go back home. So she's not attacking Earth. The pro molecule is not attacking Earth. This is Julie Mao wanting to go back home. And that's it. There's, that's it's, it. there's no, that's black and white right there, buddy. Yeah. She, she's not trying to attack Earth right mm-hmm. now. She, and then, um, she even says, like, you know, can't catch the Razorback. The Razorback is her racing ship. Um, yeah. So, uh, and it, it it was brought up once in a line previously when um, Jules Piermau, I think, talked about tracing the Razorback or something like that or taking right. the Razorback away. Uh, or no, no, no. It was in a recording that um, Julie Mao sent to her father saying, you can go ahead and take the Razorback. I don't care or something like that. When they were in their apartment. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, again, it was like a very – you just have, you would have to pick it up. But, again, very beautiful. I love – the little lines that are kind of the the way that I describe it, right, is that in other shows, when there's a significant line, they kind of emphasize it either through the tone of the voice or the music. In this, they will drop random lines here and there as just normal conversation. And if you don't realize it, it'll come back up later. For example, the Razorback. Right. And I think that's just, it's really cool to see. I just love that. Because then you have to kind of, you have to really pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And also, even if you miss it, it's not the end of the world. 
And if you are rewatching it, it just adds to the enjoyment. Absolutely. So. Yeah, so. That's a cool concept. I like that. Yeah, they did that. Miller and Julie Mao. They kissed. Why did they kiss? Well, I think she felt. Because remember, she's bonded with the protomolecule, so she can feel like she can. She understands what he's feeling. And he's like there to comfort her. And she, he kind of had fallen in love with her based off of her personality, for lack of a better term, um, when he was investigating her. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Ow. and then, you know, he tells her, like, you know, we can't go back home, but I'm here for you. I'm not going to leave and whatnot. And so together, Just they crash into Venus. Yeah, so why didn't that affect the Venus's surface too much? I was kind of surprised by that too, to be honest with you. I I was expecting probably a like bigger explosion, considering it was a really big yeah asteroid big with asteroid. nuclear bombs on it. Yeah, I don't know if it was nuclear bombs, but it definitely had nuclear. I, I'm sure it had nuclear power. You're probably right. So, but regardless, um, I think it was great. Uh, visuals either way. Uh, I just boom. Yeah, it, it was pretty sick. Um, I agree. And you know, the fact that the universe trusted Fred Johnson, even though it was a lot of Holden's fault, or not fault, yeah. but it it's still it's gonna it's a change now because now they can kind of trust him, kinda. Yeah, I agree. Um, so does that mean that you know? they're going to maybe start to work together to figure this out. I guess we'll have to see one thing. I see. I just realized one thing that could have been the reason for the Venus explosion, not being so big is uh, Venus itself is like, the, it's a, I want to say gaseous planet, but to my understanding, it's like the, the winds and it's like almost like acidic wind. It's like very high on Venus. So it's like it, ships get torn apart before they even land so it's um, so it's like just destroyed the matter right i don't i can't destroy matter but yeah but. it may have like uh, reduced like some of the mass of the asteroid by the time it hit but at the end of the day i think it's just it was an oversight when they first filmed it or it right lack of budget because remember at this point i think they were still under sci-fi Right. So their budget was just much smaller. But low, low, low. For what it's worth, um, I do remember seeing an interview from when they got picked up by Amazon. Ty Frank, one of the authors for the Expanse books, he who's also they played a big role in the show as well. He said that their budget didn't change too much from when they got picked up by Amazon. Right. But anyways, that was the end of Home, which was a like very good episode kind of a haunting and of an episode like it was that proto molecule is still out there yeah that's what i said at the end of that i go there's no way <laughs> yeah there's no way. no way this is the end of the story right i mean we yeah still what, four or five seasons left like come on I mean, I yes. that. that's exactly what i thought too i yeah. said somebody has it um but the start of this episode i remember when i watched it for the first time i was so invested uh, Solomon Epstein's history. Uh, sorry, the next episode, Paradigm Shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
his showing like how he invented the Epstein drive, even though like, to be honest, it didn't kind of fit in well to the story, but it was just really cool to see that expanded. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. I like it's that a lot. Hmm. What do you think of it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I think it was a good bit. I don't, it wouldn't have, I think it was beneficial that it was there. Yeah, I think it was cool to add in, but like I said, I think it was just, it didn't seem to tie in well to the rest of the episode. Right. So it was kind of out of place, but it, I'm glad it was there. Yeah. Um, But it was a really good bit of backstory building. Did, did you understand all of it? Not really, but... <laughs> All right, so just to uh, – that's okay because, honestly, again, this this show is kind of overwhelming at times. Um, essentially, Solomon Epstein you, – you, you'll hear this a lot uh, in the show kind of in the back. Like, uh, it's, it's like uh, someone saying, I don't know, tra- uh, tr- I don't know much about cars, but transmission engine, right? Right. Uh, it's just part of our – understanding that when someone says transmission engine we kind of know what the other guy's talking about the right. epstein drive is like how they how they can get to extreme speeds at very efficient fuel that's right consumption that's right um in space so solomon epstein was the guy who invented it and he invented it accidentally when he was just tinkering um unfortunately for him right. the cost of his life oops uh, yeah kind of miscalculated there um but I liked the flashbacks to that because what happened was that he was a Martian engineer and mm-hmm. he invented the Epstein drive to which again, he died, but his plans for the Epstein drive were still on his computer at home. And mm-hmm. his wife would then go on to sell that to the Martian right. government and making a fortune. And through that technology, they were Mars was able to essentially buy its own freedom. Right, become an independent. That like that's the only thing I got out of it. That Mars okay. became and I free. Think as far as, as for all things considered, like if that's all you got out of that, I think that's fair. And I'll be honest with you. That's the most important uh, part of that story. I was watching this at like two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and the baby, the baby was, <laughs> the baby was up. So I think I I missed a little bit at the beginning. No, no, so the thing I got away from it was that Mar that Martian was free. Mar- yeah. Martians were free. Yeah, and that's. Again, that was the most important part was that that's how they got their freedom was essentially like, okay, we'll give you this technology if you give us freedom. And yeah, Uh, but... That is cool though, because like for him to accidentally come upon that, it's like, whoa, like that could be anybody. I know. Face is scary though. (laughs) My God. Uh, if I was an expanse, I would be an engineer on Mars. I would not go anywhere else. No, I'd, I would. I would probably be a Martian Marine or something. I don't know. Martian Marine. I could see that, but man, going on in his face—that's. But I guess you would have to be in space if you're a Martian Marine. Yes. <laughs> It'd be exhilarating. You'd be like, "Shit, I could die at all times, every day, at all times." <laughs> but this episode was really cool, not just because of Solomon F season thing, but also how it ended. And it will be oh. but this was such a beautiful fight. I loved it. The um, spaceship uh, the, the 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 space battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
was, I mean, it was crazy. Like, I like to see, like, the captain, like, the captain of that ship that, would, that were, they were fighting. Like, this is crazy. And what guns are they using? Is it just big millimeter cannons? Yeah, it looks like just, um, I mean, I'll be honest, it looks like they, uh, one of those, uh, you know, those anti tank mini guns that are, or machine guns that are on the A 10 Thunderbolt, that anti tank uh, aircraft? Yeah. That's what it kind of reminds me of. It's just, it shoots extremely fast and I'm guessing really large long bow. It's called a long, there's a long bow, which is on a helicopter. Is that really what it's called? No, you tell me. It goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, they call them, well, they call them long bows. I think there's a technical name for them, M something, but. Hmm. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're really cool. So that, that, that makes sense, though. But. Uh, but back on Earth, Avasarala is tearing into freaking Aaron the man. Oh, yeah. Aaron Wright. I just wanted to call him the man because she was ripping him a new one. Dude, that was, I, okay, so Avastrala is um, probably one of my favorite female characters in any work of fiction. Right. Um, I can't describe to you how much I love this woman. She's so cool. Um, this whole spiel that she did about, like, I will hunt his family down to the ends of the earth. You know, I will cancel all his uh, contracts. I, uh, you know, freeze all his assets. I will seize every property that he owns and all that. I mean, she's, she is messing him up, though. Like, because you can tell on his face, he's like, oh, I'm caught. And what's crazy is that she's not even threatening him. She's threatening Jules Pierre Mao to his face. Which is scaring him. <clears throat> and I loved, like, his lack of response. Like, he's trying to maintain, um, like, composure. Right. And he just can't. He, 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 yeah. It's, it's like she is demeaning. Like, it's not even like you said, he's not even attacking him. She's not even attacking him. She's yep. attacking the person he's afraid of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I loved this episode a lot and I loved this scene a lot. This, um, when you end up watching a lot of these uh, episodes, especially back to back you don't um a lot of them kind of blur together but this one really stands out a lot and i loved this episode so right this was a good one i i i wanted to keep watching but obviously sleep was more important um to see a captain go down with his ship oh man uh what's his name uh captain sutton the marine the martian yeah the martian captain yep uh and they were getting attacked i can't remember who they got attacked by um so we don't really know yet, right? That's what I'm saying. That's we don't. I don't. War. I love that. But okay, so I guess I, I. So I mean, where are those ships? Okay, so one of the so here's the thing, right? Some of those ships are definitely Earth. Like we know that we know that there's Martian ships and there's Earther ships all above Ganymede. Ganymede is a joint farm operation between Mar, uh, Mars and Earth. Right, right, right. So right. there are both Martian and Earth ships guarding, and like kind of like guns pointed at each other. It's like you know, don't move, don't move. Right. Um, we've already seen false flag attacks and false information lead to war, so Ganymede is no different. Um, right. This is nothing new to us. Yeah, at this because point. Remember, we don't know who started firing. In fact, one of the soldiers in uh, Bobby Draper's like squad, he said. But who fired first? 
Right. Uh, because it, the idea it's scary and it's crazy because, you know, soldiers on both sides of these kind of situations, of course, they're always ready, or at least it should be. But right. um, because there's so many guns pointing at each other, no, neither side really wants to actually have a fight because it's a lot of death. Yeah, that that's just a slit. No one really wins that. You know what I mean? It's like a stalemate of death. Yeah, because if I'm in a war with somebody, then, you know, there's like strategy, there's movement, there's planning, yes. and there's manipulation and tactics. When it's this Logistics. type of situation, yeah, when there's this type of situation, there is nothing but because everyone is in position to just kill each other. There is no, oh, let me get to this position, but like, you know, capture this base before. So whoever shoots that. first. Yeah. And, and even if you don't shoot first, you can still get pretty good, you know, shots off. It's, it's crazy because in this situation, both sides are going to get badly damaged. And we yeah. saw that. Um, the only person that wins is the universe. <laughs> get rid of these idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and the human disease is now over. Um, yes. But yeah, so, the, but the battle itself was amazing. One thing I did want to point out or jump in and throw um, Avastorello is talking to her scientist friend. I, honestly, I forget this guy's name every single time I watch it. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, actually, I can't remember his name either. Doctor Michael Iturvi. 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 Yeah, I I know it's like I thought it was Max. Uh, to be honest with you, but uh, yeah. Dr. Turvey, uh, who, you know, shows up late to a UN meeting. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a character thing. Like, oh, I don't care about anything. I'm just going to show up late to a UN meeting. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, screw yeah, the UN. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so Avastarala is like kind of getting him to go investigate Venus. Or it's more so that she, or he's asking her like, you know, this is, this is important and needs to be investigated. Right. Uh, we can't just let this go. And she right. kind of seems to concur, but like, you know, he needs a ship to go to Venus. So I think you a ship to go right. to Venus. That sounds dangerous. I think you might've been right, Jordan, that this is not the end of, uh, I know, I know because at the end of this episode, there's a blue fellow. Yeah. In the space marine, space marine, the Mars Marines mask. But my question is: is we're not on Venus. Yes. So were there escape pods on the aerostation A? And B, are they going to go to Venus in the proto molecules surviving on that planet? There's two options. We so, both lose. So, um, another or, thing. I, I actually, there's another thing that I wanted to point out and this is like one of those situations where you would have to pick up on uh holden and his crew were debating what to do with their protomolecule that that they did have that they had in a rocket yeah and then they yeah. just you know jettisoned that off to the sun did you notice did you pick up on what happened it didn't go it didn't go but uh, is this at the same time yeah this is all happening right now so Naomi but I know, but I know, it. but this is I know Naomi didn't send that, but this Martian lady and I forgot the dang captain's name. 
Sutton. The Martian that's seeing the proto-molecule, that's like at the same time, right? Yeah, it's happening around the same time. So the the two events are relatively unrelated in terms of... Okay, so it's in two happenings in space, which means that there's a chance for it to spread twice, and yes. one is already advanced. Yep. Uh-oh. Oops. Yeah. Oops. That's what Professor says. Oops. So another thing. Um, when they were getting attacked on the ground of Ganymede, I don't know if you noticed, but the Mar- the Earth Marines, they were not firing at the Martians. No. Did you notice that? Yeah, if you if you look, they're not they're just running shooting at other things. Yeah, they were running away, shooting behind them because something was chasing them. Which means that the protomolecule has already started amassing an army. But the question still remains, who fired up in, in the space? Somebody fired somebody else, and that started it all. But I understand that the protomolecule started a fight down below, but what started a fight up above? And who jammed them? Remember, somebody got somebody was jamming somebody else. So that means Mao has Mao knows Mao. This isn't Mao's first trip around the sun. Mao started this molecule, and the scientist that got shot was just a pawn of a smaller portion of the molecule. And the molecule has a bigger head somewhere else. Are, do you th- are you thinking that the pro molecule is like all connected as like one big hive mind? I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> Because, like, why wouldn't it be? Can you answer me? Can you answer me that? Or would you give something away? <laughs> I would never give anything away. I know. Um. Okay. So another thing I wanted to discuss, and this is more of a lighter topic. I love the dynamic between Holden and his crew, especially when he's just like, "Yeah, me and Naomi are seeing each other," and then Alex and Amos like. They had a bet between themselves. It was funny. It was like a, yeah. And they they knew, everybody already knew. Like, come on. You can't be in a crew in that close quarters and not know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think it works like that. Like, you have to be stupid sneaky. And most people that are on a spaceship probably don't sleep much. Yeah. How does the circadian rhythm and uh, sleep schedules and all that work? I wonder. Maybe there's a different law in space. No, because I mean, like. You'd have to still time it, right? Like, you'd still want to get eight hours sleep or whatever, or however much it is that you're... I actually don't know much about that. That'd be interesting. Um, but, and I mean, you don't need to really worry about sunlight coming in, right? You could just turn off the lights. (laughs) Thanks, man. Right? I mean, come on. But... Well, I guess, do planets give off light? Well, no, I'm talking about if you're in the ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what? (laughs) But, yeah, so, man, this was... This was a good three episodes. Solid. Now, I wouldn't say it was, like, over the top or below or anything crazy, but I would say these were solid episodes. Solid. I'd say they were top tier, especially the last one. Um, You think so? I think so. I think, like, the whole Epstein, even though, like, I complain about it kind of being a little... Putting for the rest of the episode and didn't seem to like tie in very well. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for history, like we've known that from Mistborn and everything else. Um, yeah, I'm a sucker for history uh, within these fictional worlds. So seeing, um, you know, Epstein talk about 
how he invented the drives, how he died, right. and then how it went to his wife, and that's how Martians were able to get their own independence. I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, leading into Avasarala's big rant to Aaron Wright right. and the battle over Ganymede Station, that was just it was just a solid episode. It had everything that I wanted. You just said what I told you. It was all very solid episodes. That's fair, but I say your meaning of solid would I think would be more akin to and I say it's a more it's a more proper definition. Would be more like I think it's a good episode. I for me, solid is like great episode, which I agree is not the best use of the solid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But fair enough. They should redo all of this in like eventually, like when we have like 3D 15K or something crazy TVs. They should redo this and that, because then it would look nasty, like yeah, just amazing. Um, but yeah, this this was good. I enjoyed this. I'm starting to enjoy it more now that I'm getting the names and understanding the stations and the ships. It's starting to come a little bit more to me, and it's e- you know it's easier to follow. Season three is gonna get crazy. That's all I'll say. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um. But yeah, that'll about do it from us from that episode. Next time we'll be covering season two, episodes seven through nine. I would like to throw in the ten, but whatever. The one after that, we'll do episode ten, and then seasons. I could probably do four. I could probably do four. four. You just gotta. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it then. Yeah, we'll just finish the season two. Yeah, so we'll do that. Well, you don't. Want to you know what this... we should do next for TV shows? What? For real? What? We should rewatch Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay, <gasps> I'm, in. I'm honestly in. I'm honestly in. I knew you were gonna like that. Yeah. I knew it. I, I was planning it. on rewatching the show anyways. I watch it like every. I know. I'm actually about to go up there and watch it tonight after these basketball games over. But anyways, let's just ramble. <laughs> yeah. So and then next week we will be assuming there's an episode next week, which I know, I know, you know, things happen, so we weren't able to do it last couple of weeks or had to skip. But uh, next week we will be doing finishing up uh, bands are we in the gonna, morning. Are we gonna do the extra two? Is that gonna be a big boy episode for everybody? No, it'll be bands of morning because we're finishing up. That's like half the book essentially that we're covering in one episode, so we won't be able to do. <laughs> as well. uh, so there's gonna be a lot to talk about, and that's gonna become more of a shotgun episode where we just discuss the whole thing as a whole. Oh, I'm um, so excited! Yeah, same. But anyways, that'll cover it from us from that episode. So until next time, thank you, everyone. See you.